Hello, everybody. I am Mike Rains, a.k.a. Poker and Politics, and today I'm going to be talking to Karma. Karma is here. Hello, Karma. Hi. How are we? Yes. So um, Karma is not an expert on Jewish space lasers, and I'm not influential enough to get Mike Rothschild. So instead, we're going to be talking about the Negative 48 cult in Dallas and all the madness that's been going on with there. So uh, Karma, give us like a, a, what's going on right now. How did we and how did we get to where we are right now? Um, so obviously, um, what about just over a month ago, Negative 48 died in a car accident, a car, motorbike accident. Um, and now we have obviously um, different factions of the cult. All, everything's changing, obviously. Um, so it's been something to watch. Um, and recently we've had a young girl re-emerge back into the cult. Um, so she was around when Michael um, was there. He had her a few times on his chats. Um, and then she kind of disappeared for a while um, after a article came out um, about her. And um, so she was invited to come down to a Trump rally a couple of weeks back and she met all the Negative 48 crew down there. And a day or two later, she opened her own channel on Telegram. And this child is how old? 13. 13. So, and what was the article that kind of pushed her away? What was the reason for why this article made her no longer a um, feature in the Negative 48 community? Well, they had kept, you know, and they they have still even now, they, they've kept a tight lid on who she was. Um, no one knew who she was. No one knew who her parents were. Um, back when she was doing chats with Michael. Um, and that article came out when she was doing those chats on Michael um, because he had her on twice and then he also had another young child on who was about 10, I think, um, not long after. And so the article came out about, you know, how they were kind of indoctrinating the kids um, and that made her just kind of, disappear for a while and then all of a sudden she's back yeah so how did so did she start i mean telegram has to be age sensitive on some level so how did she start a telegram channel and is that even legal well it's not and um because negative had made her admin of his channel as well so she is admin in his channel as well um but her mother has put on her channel this channel is moderated by an adult. I see. So that's the that's the excuse is that mom's running the channel for the daughter. Yeah. 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 So um but yeah, she recently had a chat. Well, she went to the rally and you know, for the first time we got to see obviously images of her. Um, so who she, what she looks like and stuff. As I said, she had been kept very hush-hush before that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so now she's got her own channel. Um, she's, you know, doing decodes, Jamasha G decodes and posting them on the channel. And then all of a sudden she posted she was going to have a chat and... Her channel hasn't grown that much. I think at the moment we're looking. It has since the article came out, though. She had about 700. Now she's got, I think, close to 850, I think, on there. Um, but it's kind of disturbing watching the adults, like, really encourage her. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's in, like, I kind of just look at it and just go, well, like they're, they're all encouraging her, you know, and propping her up. And Now who is propping her? Is it, is it like the, is it the inner circle of negative 48 or is it more like the rank and file, like the lower level members? It's who, all, 
It's everyone. It's every, everyone's everyone's promoting her, and this is uh, Tiny Teflon. Is the, is the name? Yes. Yes. So, so she's. Who, yeah, go ahead. So yeah, Tiny Teflon is her name, and her mum goes by Teflon Don. Teflon Don. Yep. Oh, that's a uh, reference to both John Gotti and Donald Trump. Yeah. As uh, uh, Gotti was an American mob boss who the government was took. It was very hard for them to convict him of a crime, so that was why he was the Teflon Don because the charges would never stick. And Trump's name is Donald, which is Don, and same thing for him. They, they, we can never get him on the stuff. So that's very funny that the mother's name is literally Mob Boss, which <laughs> I would I would try to avoid if I was like running something like this. But hey, you do you, mother of person that is being exploited. Yes. <laughs> well, she's. I mean, she ran the chat. The chat um, went for. I think it went just over an hour and a half. Her first chat. Um, yeah. She mainly, like, she screen shared and mainly showed people how to actually do gematria. Um, she talked about med beds. Oh, of course. <laughs> so, is that how Q-pilled is Tiny Teflon? Oh, she's very Q-pilled. Very Q-pilled. Um, she once, so she was homeschooled at school. Um, she even. She did go to summer school at one point because she came onto one of his chats and talked about her red pilling her teacher. Oh, good! Oh my god! I really hope the teacher didn't actually get pilled, but that would well, be the. According to her, he seemed to get it and understand and agree. Oh yeah, of course, of course, Jesus, Jesus. So, um, but she was, uh, the gematria that she was doing in her first chat was all about the rally. Um, and she was talking about that at the rally, Trump played a clip that was kind of showed what, you know, Antifa like could do and stuff. And she says, you know, I, if I don't stand up and do something now, that's the world I'll be living in. Oh God. So, so she's trying to save the world by uh, exposing what's happened at this rally. So they're still staying on the same, like Trump is the hero. Trump's going to save us all. Trump's the ultimate good guy. That's still definitely like the big, like focus of the movement. That's still the line of argument they're pushing with uh, this stuff. Well, it, it's kind of hard because theirs is slightly different because obviously, yes, Trump is there and they go to all their rallies. But at the same time, they don't actually believe it's Trump. They actually believe it's JFK in a fat suit. So, therefore, it's hard to sort of say, are they putting Trump on a pedestal or are they putting JFK, who they believe is in a fat suit, as Trump on a pedestal? I, I love that. I love that. Like all of the rest of QAnon is like Donald Trump, the Adonis. They got the, they got the Photoshop of him as Rocky or the Punisher, and he's got like his swollen pecs and his twenty uh, four inch python arms. And yet the negative forty eight cult is just like, oh, look at Trump. He's a giant fat man because Kennedy has to wear a fat suit in order to trick people. <laughs> so funny. Well, well I'm kind of because I, I like you know. A negative always had this thing about Trump's height, you know. He was like, I can't remember now whether he'd say 6'2", six, six or oh, not 6'2", 5'2", or oh, I can't even remember now, but I've got it recorded. Um, but, like, he would have a thing about the height and say that he was the same height as JFK. Um, and so, you know, I'm sort of waiting now when Trump, when all this goes down with Trump, because uh, aren't they meant to be going to do his mugshot and everything this time? Yes, in Georgia, he will be fingerprinted and mugshotted, and so that will be quite the uh, moment for everybody. I actually saw somebody on um, somebody posted on social media that anyone that like 
the Trump mugshot won't be posted to the website of the Georgia police because that's not how they do it. But if you fill out a form, you can request any person's mugshot be sent to you. So basically, this guy already had the form for that that to be taken care of. So Trump can be you can get the Trump mugshot as soon as possible from uh, the Georgia police. And JFK, JFK was uh, six foot or six foot one, according to the various things that I've read about him. So, yeah, so he, I'm sure negative used to say like either six two or six three, and you know, and he'd say that's why you know he's JFK and 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 stuff like that. I mean, I've got the recordings anyway, but yeah, it is one thing that I'm kind of looking forward to when that all comes out because you know it's something you can go well. Hang on a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not right. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's going to, I mean, it's going to be so funny because what's really funny is that uh, QAnon has, is already um, uh, getting ahead of this thing and making fake mugshots where Trump is six, four, because that's the tallest presidents we've ever had. Um, Lincoln was six, four uh, LBJ was six, four. Six four is kind of the tall president like standard for America, so they want to make sure that Trump like hits that mark on the on the chart for them. Even though, um, I think Obama is like six foot uh, around there, and there have been all kinds of photos of Obama and Trump together because that's like when the transition was happening. Obama wasn't a piece of shit to him. Obama was like, "Fuck, this guy's gonna be president. I better like." hold his hand and help him a little. <laughs> so there's plenty of photos where Trump and Obama are roughly the same height. So the idea that Trump's got four inches on Obama is like ridiculous. Yeah. I always found it really ridiculous when um, Michael would talk about his height and you just go, there's no way. There's <laughs> no way. Yeah. Uh. Oh, I, 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 this is so funny. I love the internet because it's like so full of shit. Um, but I, I'm seeing on somewhere on the, I, I just like did Google searches and they think they, they claim that Obama was 6'2 and they're claiming, oh, Trump is 6'3, which I don't believe any of that is true from what I've seen. Is that, um, yeah, just hilarious. So, <laughs> and I'm actually reading something where uh, Trump said that he was six two when he was uh, talking to the police during his uh, one of his previous arrests. So uh, we'll see. The, the mugshot will tell the truth. We're we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna find out. Uh, I I, well, I I pray they make him take off his shoes before the mugshot. Yeah, let's. Well. Uh, I'm not, I, I don't know, after I just saw Shelly's mugshot, I noticed on hers they got her age wrong. <laughs> oh, so tell us who Shelly is and what happened with her arrest. Um, so Shelly used to be like negatives number one, basically, um, back in the early days. Um, and then she was kicked out um, and created her own get group that then also got broken up along the way. Um, I would still class her group as a cult, that's for sure. Like I call it the mini cult. Yeah. Um, but she has a tendency to harass people. <laughs> um, and she goes, and when I say harass, I mean she'll text them, she'll dox them, she'll, you know, like it, it's nonstop, and she picked the wrong person to do it to this time, and she was charged and arrested. She was put in jail for three days. Um, so she's currently out and waiting for a new court case for her so, charges. So, what was the actual charge? Like stalking or criminal trespass? Do you know what the actual charge against Shelley was? Terroristic acts and threats. Oh Jesus, that's uh, that's not great. That sounds yeah. like that, that. That that sounds like she's committing big boy crimes. That's uh, yeah. It's I look. Uh, I mean, I've seen the text messages because she posted them. She posted oh. them on all her social media sites that she was sending. 
Um, and, you know, she was really, like, nonstop. And that's only what she's posted, like, God knows what else. <laughs> she did that. <laughs> we don't know about. So she, but she put, oh, four God. charges. Four charges. So she, literally just posting her crimes on the internet. That's a great tactic. I can't imagine how that could possibly backfire. Oh well, my she, God. You know what? Then she came back though. Once she got out of jail, she then told the stories of uh, like, it was pretty hilarious. I'm not going to lie. Like the stories, <laughs> the stories of her bunkies in jail. <laughs> oh God! Oh oh, Sh- Shelley's now a hardened ex-con. Oh man! <laughs> like she she even set up a thing to talk to them. You know, now that she's out, and yeah. like she was trying to red pill them. She was telling them that Elvis is alive and Prince is alive, and oh yeah. <laughs> it is so wild how. Just absolutely, um, like they never, they never back away from that being their most important thing. That, like, no matter what happens to these people, be it arrests, be it um, jail, whatever, whatever bad things are happening to these people, they still just keep on, uh, like fighting to make sure that they're pilling people, that they're working to make sure that people are being brought into this cult. And it's wild to me that they're so single-minded in this purpose. They're so driven by this mission to pull people into this alternate reality. I mean, it is... It's just, it shows how all-consuming this cult is. And I think in a lot of ways, QAnon, QAnon hates Negative 48 for a lot of stuff, like the JFK and the JFK Jr. shit. But I think that also I can see why people wouldn't like him because this is really in a lot of ways showing people what the end game of this stuff is. And that if you do get into this movement and you do start believing in what they're believing in that you could get lured down this path where you're dealing with this kind of just madness, just absolute madness where you're in jail for terroristic threats. You might think that the best thing you can do is study up on the law, talk to your lawyers, prepare a defense, try to explain things. And no, you're just talking to your fellow inmates about how uh, the some like Bruno Mars is Prince or this person is Michael Jackson. And it's just, you're just you're just living that life. You just can't escape this alternate reality that you've created, even when you're in such a dangerous situation as being in prison. Yeah, I mean, she's like Shelley has lost everything. She's lost her family. She's like her, her grandson, who was born when she was in Dallas. She is not allowed to see him. He's nearly two now, I think, or just two. She has not been allowed to see him. She got, her husband divorced her. She she's lost everything, and now she's gone to jail, and she's still just I, I like I don't understand it. Like she gets so close sometimes to realizing that she's been completely played, and then all of a sudden she just backs goes backwards and just doubles down all over again. Yeah, she just can't. She just can't do it. Just like all the damage that this the being a part of this movement has done to her. Still, it doesn't sink in that maybe this is the wrong thing to do. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I should be like changing my ways and trying to go down a path where I'm not dealing with this stuff. I'm not trying to poison the brains of everyone within 20 feet of me. And I'm not throwing my life away to the point where I'm now so angry and vengeful of the world that I'm making terroristic threats to people. What was the reason why Shelly went after this person? Why was Shelly making terroristic threats against this person? Okay, so this is somebody 
that she knows. Um, he lives in her county and he coached her son in baseball. Um, and apparently, you know, he was mean to her son and didn't let him play in all the baseball games. So she's now accusing him of um, sex trafficking. Fair. That seems like a very measured, rational response to um, have an issue with the Little League coach in your area. And your response to that issue is to call them a pederist. That yeah. seems... Yeah. Solid, yeah, solid, yeah. yeah. So, and you know, she and she went uh, from what I believe. I mean, I've I'm pretty sure in one of the chats I heard her say something about his head should be on a platter. And so, you know, she's <laughs> she kind of went too far, like way too far. And the thing is, she had no proof, there was nothing, there was no proof at all that he was doing anything like that. And it's Obviously, everybody now, because she was posting it to her Facebook and all her other social media, like everybody where she lives knows. <laughs> everybody. Oh, my God. It's so she's out. So, I mean, so now she's basically a public cult member in her community on top of having done all this other stuff in Dallas and having been around negative 48 this whole time. Yep, like she was te- when she was telling her story about the police coming to her door and knocking on her door to arrest her. Like you know, she was saying one of the police officers that put the handcuffs on went to her church. Like this is how you know, close knit community they are. <laughs> oh my god, that's it, and it really goes to show you how these kinds of movements can get to anybody. Cause you have this woman who's literally going to church with the cop who arrests her that she had infrastructure around her. She had a support group around her and she threw it all away for Michael Protzman and the JFK junior and JFK senior are a live crew. And yep. yep. And he treated her like, like in the end, negative treated her so badly. Like, I mean, she was like, she wouldn't let go. When she got kicked out, she just couldn't. She started following him around from rally to rally to rally. You know, she was um, like listening in on his chats, even though she got blocked from his actual channel. Um, and she was low, you know, streaming his chats for all her followers could to hear. And he would know that she was listening. And he, the things he was saying, he called her every name you could think of. And she still worships him. She she believes he's not dead. He's alive. He he faked his death to get away from the negative 48 group because they were all, you know, um, pretty much fucked. And he didn't like them anymore. So he faked his death to get away from them. But he's and he's also junior. God, it is just man. It is really wild that you can get into such a level of delusion that you're just doing this all to yourself, man. I just it, it's really it's really interesting to me that I thought this chat would be about tiny Teflon and the weirdness of having a community like this doing the whole child leader nonsense. And now we're just going down this road with Shelly and all of the stuff that's happened with her. Do you know when her, her is her trial set for any time in the near future? What's the, what's the current status of her legal proceedings? At the moment, there's nothing that's being set. Um, we're kind of watching and waiting. Um, to see where that goes, but yeah, because obviously that's in Georgia as well, so I'm guessing there's a lot of stuff going on in Georgia at the moment, so I don't know when that will be. Yeah. So, yeah, we're kind of just watching that, but um, you know, <laughs> it's been, it's definitely been, Shelly, Shelly's has been like a, it's kind of like a spin-off thing that's just, you know, carried on the whole time the negative 48 stuff's been going on hers has been taking another road you know yeah. and 
it's I mean she attacks the members of negative 48 cult like you know she's she got served by one of them and managed to get out of that one but you know it's just been a long winding one with Shelley unfortunately I mean I've never seen somebody destroy their life so badly and at times I think she realizes that she has but whether it's just too painful to realize that oh my god look what I've done and this is all a big lie and I can't I, I can't bring myself to actually admit it and I can't you know it's just weird to watch well, I, I see that. I, I've seen every now and then, um, I've, like one time a, a long time ago, maybe over a year ago, I remember seeing praying medics say something to the effect of either QAnon is the most uh, effective intelligence operation of all time or it's the biggest LARP of all time. And you can just tell that when he says that, he's putting himself in this spot where it can't be a LARP. It can't be the bad thing. Cause if it's the bad thing, then Holy smokes, have they put themselves in the, in the worst possible place. So, but, but at the same time, when they're willing to even put those words out there, when they're even willing to say that it, this could possibly be a LARP, you just know that they're kind of in terror of the fact that, oh man, I might be wrong. All these people in my life, all around me, in society, they might be right. And I just can't, I just can't abide by that. I just can't accept that they might be right and that I am doing all of this stuff in the name of a joke, in the name of something that is not real, that is not serious. And I just think that's terrifying to most rank and file members of QAnon that like, that, that they're going to have to one day say, Oh, you know, I shouldn't have bought into this. This was a mistake. And with someone like Shelly, I think that you seeing the ultimate, like, the worst possible outcome of that, where you double and triple and quadruple down. You just can't, you just can't back down. So you just keep pushing forward, even to the point where you're now putting yourself in legal jeopardy when you're now you've been, you've been held, you've been detained. You've had to enter a plea. You are, are facing legal consequences in the near future for what you've done. And None of it, none of it is dissuading you from what you're doing. You're still on that path and you're not leaving that path for God knows what reason. Yeah. I mean, she even lost her job. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When she was arrested, she lost her job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just it's. I mean, it's 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 crazy that this is what happens, that you can get into this kind of situation. So also uh, bringing us back to even to other depressing topics, because there's no <laughs> levity, there's no joy in dealing with negative 48 in his movement. Um, so there's uh, a, a, another child challenger to the leadership of this movement. You said there was something about a nine-year-old that is also on the tiny Teflon path of... Uh, Dramatria leadership and and uh, running this movement. Well, he he is a part of Shelley's group, so obviously Shelley's group and the Negative Forty Eight group don't interact at all. Um, yeah. Shelley's been completely cut off from them. Um, but yeah, he um, came onto the chat. He has been on Shelley's chat once before, but what was alarming was that he's. But look, Shelley, obviously, since she's thrown everything down the toilet and lost her job, they are literally sitting in chats until like, you know, three, four o'clock in the morning. Um, and this child woke up and came on through his father's microphone and started talking at about 2.30 a.m. their time. Um, yeah. And some of the things that were coming out of that young child's mouth, he he's, I, I believe he's nine or ten. Um, 
and was just, yeah, it was, you know, he kept saying, you know, this all, he was telling the adults, you know, it's okay, this is going to be all over soon, you know, and that sort of thing. And he was talking about Trump and, you know, at one point his dad said something about earthquakes and he was telling his son that it's not really earthquakes. It's the military cleaning out the dumbs and saving the children and and you just sit there like with your mouth wide open going, what? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> oh, man. So... How so? What is the inner circle of Negative Forty Eight's group like, and how long do you think they will tolerate a tiny Teflon, quote unquote, leading the group or trying to boss people around? Because you had mentioned previously that this is a movement that is very uh, jealous; that these people are not very comforting and and accommodating to each other, and that while we had talked about on the podcast previously about how hard it would be for someone to keep the movement together and to actually be the leader, while that might be true, it's also true that no one else wants somebody else to be the leader because how dare you? That that was my spot, gosh darn it. Yeah, I think, um, and this is what I'm kind of watching unfold at the moment. Obviously, you're seeing various people that we're in the inner circle start to step up and not so much. Obviously, I still don't believe anyone can be replaced negative because at the end of the day, you know, Trump spoke to him in code, JFK spoke to him in code, Junior spoke to him in code. Nobody can then step in and replace that part of it. Um, but I am seeing different people start to step up and control things like, hey, you know, we're going to go to this Trump rally and if we all sign up and volunteer over here, we're going to get in, we're going to be able to volunteer, we could, you know, get to meet Trump, you know, and that sort of thing and is going on like people are actually stepping up and taking different roles on and organising things within the group. Um, I think, I'm not sure if you saw that they met RFK Jr. Um, and, you know, I made a, the comment on my Twitter account, you know, did you actually tell him your beliefs? And they did respond back on their channels saying that they didn't have time to tell him. He was in a hurry. They only managed to get a photo with him. Oh, that would have been great. It, it would be in a lot of ways, I I would think that that would be kind of interesting if RFK Jr. were to actually interact with people that are the end game of the bullshit that he promotes, where he actually runs into people who are like, "Hey, RFK Jr., we know that your uh, your uncle is still alive." For I mean. They probably think that RFK Jr.'s dad is also alive, and they—I mean, they—and they would be like, and, and you know, JFK Jr. is alive, also. You know, your like nephew or half brother, however that works. I'm entirely lacking in uh, family name uh, knowledge, but th- oh, man, I mean, not that anything would actually dissuade RFK Jr. because RFK Jr. is a grifter, and he has built this grift around his last name and the bullshit he peddles. But I mean, it would be just kind of interesting if he actually had to confront that. I mean, cause my, my current pin tweet right now is the, that lady who was having a breakdown over the vaccines, killing everybody and the two tier justice system and all the other bad stuff that's going on and the, and the direct energy weapons burning down Hawaii and how no one's doing anything to stop it. And I just wonder what a QAnon promoter gets when they see a video like that, when you actually see what you've done to people in such a raw and, just direct fashion that like here's a video of someone who's been brain poisoned by you this is what you've done to her 
like congratulations this is this is your achievement this is i some uh one of the QAnon promoters who says like this is your legacy poker and i'm like well uh, my legacy is not this lady crying in her car about the fact that everyone's gonna be dying from the covid jab in a few years that's your legacy um how happy are you about that? So, I mean, I, I would have been really funny if RFK Jr. had actually had an in-depth conversation with those nuts about the stuff they believe and how that ties into him and his family. Well, because I don't know if you remember, um, it's being promoted like a fair bit. I, I think it was about a couple of years ago. He was on a live stream and someone told him to touch his nose if JFK Jr. was alive, and he did. So they brought that up, obviously, when I put it out there. Did you tell him? And they're like, well, you know, don't you remember? He touched his nose. Oh, they love that stuff. They love the secret message shit because that was – that happened to Justin Bieber also because one of Justin Bieber's music videos, uh, people – did the decoding and they were like, Oh, this video is about child trafficking and all this kind of stuff. And there's like videos online where you can see in the chat box, someone says to Bieber, say, Hey, Justin, if this is about child trafficking, touch your nose or touch or whatever. And then he touches the, he touches his nose and they're like, ah, we got him. (laughs) And, you can never know how edited those videos are. And you, and Lord knows if like the person who's in the chat is actually reading the chat and reacting to it. They, a lot of times when you have a famous person doing one of those online Q and A's, a moderator is filtering the chat and then shooting questions over to the celebrity. The celebrity isn't scrolling the chat themselves. So it's not like they're seeing it and being like, Oh, that guy wants me to send them the code about the child trafficking. Boop, just touch my snoot. There we go. Now they all know that I know about the dumbs and the Jewish space lasers. And it's all, I'm, I'm Justin Bieber, totes part of the Illuminati, trying to get out of it, all that stuff. So I just, I, they, that is one of the things they really love because it's one of those ways to, try to sneak their bullshit into the conversation because they know if like they said, Hey, RFK jr. Is your, is your uncle alive or is JFK jr. Alive? He's going to ignore that question. You're obviously a crank. He isn't going to talk to you. And the same thing with Justin Bieber or any other celebrity. If, uh, you send them a message, hey, is it true Hollywood's full of human trafficking and you drink the blood of children? They're not going to answer you. But if you can ask them to make a gesture, if you could ask them to do something to indicate a gr- agreement with you, you have a chance they're going to make that gesture. Their nose might itch. They might wave at something they might wave at the camera because they're they're saying hi to their their audience they're like hey justin wave if there's child trafficking in hollywood then he waves boom got him it's just a way to generate a false positive it's just a way to generate something that then you can clip and post to all of your friends being with uh the title bieber exposes illuminati truth (laughs) revealed at last and and then you get to run with that shit and it's just it's so obviously in bad faith and it's so silly that it just it's it's ridiculous but hey obviously the negative 48 crew is going to do stuff like that obviously well well it's always been one of those things like so negative used to tell them so obviously they've met you know a fair amount of people going to the rallies like you know Mike Lindell and you know other people as well they've met and negative used to tell them you know Never bring up who you think they are in a mask because you'll hurt the plant. Now, I find that hilarious because obviously he's just covering his ass to make sure they never say anything to him. And, you know, like you've seen, like I always wonder because Mickey Larson, she met Trump in person. She never said anything to him about her beliefs. They've had um, people at the rallies who got to actually stand up and ask Trump a question. Uh, and never asked the question. 
So, you know, like why don't you people, if you really believe in this stuff and, you know, you sit there and you say, I stand by my truth, then ask them the question. Oh, they'll never do that because the whole point of the LARP is to maintain the ability to have disbelief. It's... It's the same nonsense as to why I don't check my pol- my Powerball tickets until the next morning because I want to have another 12 hours of thinking I'm a billionaire. And <laughs> then I wake up and I find out that it wasn't hidden in Massachusetts. And I'm like, gosh, darn it. Screw you, Florida, for ruining my fun. Because the last thing you want to do is ruin the, ruin the fun. The last thing you're going to do – like this was um, – QAnon had the whole thing about the question. That was basically someone was supposed to ask Trump if Q if Q was real, and Trump was supposed to respond in the affirmative. He was supposed to say yes, Q is real, and I am Q plus. And a lot of QAnon people would even go so far as to say that after he did that, he would start arresting people in the White House press corps for their crimes of being part of the deep state. And yet when Trump would be on Fox news or being interviewed by Hannity or any of these uh, very pro Trump, very friendly uh, people and organizations, no one would ever ask him the question and QAnon would never be peppering Hannity or like Steve Bannon or any of these people that never be like, Hey, Hey, ask him the question. Like, let's go with it. I mean, because, they knew that when Trump was asked the question, he wasn't going to give that answer. He wasn't going to legitimize Q. It's ridiculous. So they they spun it. And then when Trump did get asked the question by the media, and he didn't give the right answer, they had to create a whole narrative around that. They had to create a whole new mythos about why Trump didn't say what he was supposed to say. And they were like, oh, they didn't ask him the right question. The question was supposed to be this. And they said this instead. And it's just like, it's just, they they know exactly what's going on on some level. What, what you said about they know their truth. It's like, no, they actually know what their truth is. And their truth is a lie. And they don't want to break it. They don't want to break the illusion of it all by actually asking him a question. And also they know that if they're at a rally and they're, they're doing the pass the microphone thing around. Can you imagine like how that crowd would turn on you and <laughs> how much hatred you would feel from an audience if you were like, Mr. Trump, is, it's true that you're actually JFK in a fat suit, right? Can you just take the mask off and show everybody that you're, you're John F. Kennedy? That, that would be really great. And by the time you finish that question, the whole crowd would be booing you and Trump would be looking at you really confused and have no idea what you were doing. And then Trump would probably make a joke about you being some sort of crazy deep state Antifa plant that's trying to make his people look bad. And then everybody would laugh at you. Oh my God. Oh my God. I cannot imagine that. That would be like the ultimate humiliation that you could experience as a person you would get so crushed in that moment oh my god i oh boy i mean i can't that would be so so bad that that, i can't imagine a more humiliating situation than that that would just be devastating well there's been like uh, i know when they one of them spoke to rfk um he said to him do you, you know, I'm, I was down in Dallas with negative 48 and um, apparently he replied, who's negative 48. But to them, they said that, you know, he had a little smirk on his face. So obviously, you know, he knew who he was. He just, you know, didn't want to actually say. And I know Trump's been asked the question as well. He was, he was told that they were backstage, one of negative 48's crew, backstage um got to meet him and said the same thing i'm in dallas with negative 48 and trump said the same thing who's that oh they yeah the, that kind of thing with the smirk or the gesture or the uh, trump can't actually say that but he can he knows and he he gave us the wink and the nod this is again this is again how they handled trump not confirming the legitimacy of q was that that 
Trump just sort of sidestepped the QAnon question and then did the whole thing where he's like, well, if QAnon's anti-pedophiles and they're fighting the deep state, what's and they think I'm a good guy, why is that a bad thing? Like, he, like that Trump didn't condemn them, but he also didn't approve of them. And that was enough. That was a win for them. They're like, yeah, we, we did not get condemned. We are good. I mean, that's just the sad level of what is an acceptable answer for QAnon to, to get for their, from their hero. So it's just, just wild that that happened. And that that's how they play the game. That's how they operate under the pretext of, we can't actually push our question because if we actually push, then we're going to be, we're going to get, we're going to get, exposed like we're not going to get what we want and we know we're not going to get what we want so we have to keep it sly we have to keep it slick in order to make it work out so um as for dallas and daily plaza and all that stuff what is the actual physical situation around the negative 48 cult are they still in dallas are they touring what is going on um, they're currently waiting for the next Trump rally. Um, so they're not in Dallas. I have a feeling, though, that they may all go back at the end of October to somehow organize some sort of a remembrance for negative. Um, because negative always said it started in Dallas and it ends in Dallas. So now they're left wondering like, well, how's it going to end in Dallas if he's not around, obviously. Um, but I do, I feel like, because look, at the end of the day, the other part of this movement is about them all getting together as a group. Um, they like to all congregate as a group somewhere and hang out and, so um, I'm pretty sure they will organise something and all head back to Dallas at some point. Um, I know yesterday um, some of them spent the day with 107. Oh, how connected is 107 to this movement? Well, 107 hated negative. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what caused that? Why why were those two, why were those two not friendly? I think because obviously um, they had done a few live streams together early on before Dallas. Um, he, and I think because Negative likes to be the number one and try to take over. And obviously, you know, when you both want to be the number one, um, it doesn't work out too well. But um, after Negative died, Juan said that um, he didn't really like Negative's intel and a lot of it, you know, was off base and he shouldn't have been telling his followers, that sort of stuff. So, you know, he said that his followers were nice people, but basically Negative was a liar. Oh, my God. Shocking. Negative is a liar. I don't believe it. But But that coming from one? (laughs) <laughs> yes. I mean, well, the thing that the thing that just blows my mind about this is that one of Savin was actually working with Republicans to get people elected to secretary of state in swing states so he could try to tip the election to Trump in 2024. And so you've got this guy. I mean, and I know one's kind of a nut and he's not really like that. Um accepted in like QAnon high society. Cause I mean, I know Jordan Sather fucking hates him and I, and I don't know like many of the people that are in like the Badlands media community and the, we, the media community. I don't know a lot of them really interact with Juan, but the fact that Juan is big enough that he can hang out with Republicans and work behind the scenes with them. And then at the same time, uh, he can go hang out with the the remnants of the negative forty eight cults. That's just like holy shit. That is that is really really jarring. That's really scary. He was at some event. Yes, um, I know uh, Lloyd Brunson was there. Um, Who's that? Who's that? Who's Lloyd Brunson? He, he's the one. I don't know. He was doing something with negative anyway. Uh, not with negative with um, one anyway. Where so he's 
doing something about election, you know, integrity and fraud and all that sort of stuff. Um, so he was with him. I saw a picture on the stage with him. I don't know who the other two guys that were on the stage. And, you know, I always laugh with one because he's sitting there with his back turned while everyone else is facing the audience. And it's like, how many times have we actually seen this guy's face? Why does he continue to hide it? Because <laughs> that's kind of his weird gimmick. That's his mystique is that mostly you just, like, see his feet and shit or you see, like, the expensive car he's driving. It, 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 one is bizarre. He is a very odd duck. I just think that he is. He is very bizarre. Like, I just don't get it. Like, you know, they took photos with him and stuff, and all the photos are off his hand with his ring, you know, his boots. <laughs> it's just like uh, we've seen his face that many times. I don't understand why we're still doing this. Yeah. It's, it's uh, God. These people are such weird cranks. And the fact that we literally have a direct link between the negative 48 cult and the guy that was trying to actually end American democracy is wow. That is just, that just breaks my brain. I don't even know how to wrap my head around it. So, any final thoughts about what's going on here about? where we go from child leaders and Wano Savin all trying to get like control of this movement of people and all of it. I mean, just like. Uh, at the moment, I think, look, Tiny Teflon's definitely going to be one to watch because at the end of her chat, you know, she had said that she wants to bring more kids into the movement and teach them Jamatria. So I think that's going to be definitely one to watch. Is this going to become a kid's cult somewhere along the line, which won't. I mean, as I said, I nearly was sick just listening to it. Um, and the rest of the group, uh, look, I have noticed that, you know, some of the, well, put it this way, when After Negative died, he lost over 2,000 followers from his channel. They actually were leaving. Yeah. Um. So it, it's obviously the inner circle is trying to hold it together um, and trying to keep people around and, you know, keep them interested in what they've got left. But at the end of the day, when they do their live chats, all you basically hear is, you know, remember when negative told us this, remember when negative told us that, remember when negative, you know, they've got nothing new because he's not there to tell them. Right. The 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 movement is has is moving from the living Christ to the crucified Christ and now we're trying to uh create the Bible. We're trying to we're trying to get the holy text written about our fallen leader. So how big was Negative Protsman uh Negative Protsman's? How big was Negative 48's like Telegram channel and Physically, how big is the is the cult? How many people were like members or followers of his social media? And how many physical people are in the movement now? So negative originally, when he went to Dallas, he had 108,000 followers. Um, and then when he got to Dallas, he locked his channel, made it private. He didn't go on to his platform for probably six to eight weeks because obviously he was too busy running around Dallas with all his followers. Um, and then when Shelly got kicked out, he started – to remove his followers, anyone who was in touch with Shelley or, um, you know, over had joined Tenor or Shelley or anyone like that got booted from his channel. So his channel dropped ra rapidly because he was constantly booting people from it just because he may have thought that, you know, they had some sort of involvement. He got very paranoid and he just started booting people. So his Telegram channel dropped to about 60,000. Um, and then over the course of the time, it kind of just kept, because he would, he'd be in a live chat and he'd just be booting anyone that obviously didn't say what he wanted them to say or if he thought they were from Shelly's chat hiding in their live streaming for her so she could hear. And he would just constantly be booting people out of the chat. Um, so when he died, it was at about 50,000. And then after he died, it kind of dropped down to about 48,000 and kind of just sat there. 
for a while. Yeah. Um, what kind? Because of, I, I, this is this is on Telegram, right? So you can yeah. see you get you get the little eye icon for how many people are actually looking at posts. Like, what kind of engagement are the posts actually getting? How many of that forty eight thousand are actually actively following what's well, going on? It, it's kind of hard to gauge that because so what they did is after he died they turned all their channels off like so no one could chat no one could say anything um and they've only recently started turning them all back on so his channel wasn't active for close to a month um and they've just he's second in charge is now posting on his channel She's taken over his channel, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. And who was the second in charge? Callie. Callie. So she was his right hand. She basically went everywhere with him. He, they were never separated, ever. Um, and, you know, she basically, when he was doing codes, she would be writing them all down and keeping records of the codes. And she would be, if anyone wanted to contact him, they had to go through her. So, um, yeah, she was admin on the channel and she now has control of it and control of his Truth Social account as well. Aha, okay. So so Shelley was the first right hand and then got uh, excommunicated for heresy and is now ruining her life. And Kelly is our current uh, current resident uh, incumbent leader of the movement, although we now have Tiny Teflon and the rest of the inner circle sort of around doing stuff and trying to keep things afloat. So that's very, God, it's just a, why couldn't it have all fallen apart after Protzman died? Why are people still trying to hold this terrible thing together? Why does evil need to continue to be strengthened and fortified? Just let evil die. Why? Oh God, you people. So yeah, it's, it's, you know, look, I hope that, more people to kind of fall off because without him, they, as I said, they, they don't have anything new. He would tell them after every Trump rally, you know, this is what Trump said to me in code. This is what he really meant, this and that. So they, they, they don't have that at the moment. So, you know, they're kind of left to kind of figure things out on their own and, and stuff. So I think eventually it will, you know, kind of fall away more, but, yeah, for now, they, they they are really trying to hang on. <laughs> well, I bitterly resent their continuing to hang on, so uh, nuts to all that. But uh, I just uh, hope everybody enjoyed uh, just a kind of hour of sadness. I mean, this <laughs> is just, it's it's just, this movement is such a crystallization of how QAnon in its worst form is manifested in the world that this is this is how this is what you get when you actually achieve the goals of these people where you have a leader who just takes people down a path and that path is nonsense and everyone just abides by it because they're in the they're in the they're in the flow and they're following along and they're doing whatever the boss says and and it all just ends so poorly. There's there's no good that can come out of any of this. And I and, and now we have someone who wants to lure more children into the movement who's a child themselves. It's just just man, God, I I I I don't know how you can stop a thing like this without trampling upon the First Amendment in all sorts of ways. But man, hey, just boy. Boy, it is just not great. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I, you know, I was hoping for a bit of a different outcome after he died, but you know, watching it all unravel, and there has been a lot of infighting. I must say, within the groups, I am seeing different channels like their their followers all fighting with each other, and so you know, uh, I have noticed that that was not happening before. Well, uh, I hope it continues to happen. I hope they all destroy each other. So, yes. So, uh, thank you, Karma, for being here. Thanks for explaining this all to us in 
all the typical deep dive horror that is a karma does negative 48 conversations usually ends up being. <laughs> and uh, hope to never have you on the podcast again, although I know that's impossible. So we will have to talk to you about this in the near future. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God.